evening. Hi. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm good. All right, people. I am so excited because on this fine and lovely uh, Sunday evening, we have somebody with us um, that I have been super stoked about having on this podcast. And I was laughing today uh, because I realized it took us like three months to actually get this on the calendar. (laughs) So in true typical fashion, I am so excited to have this person here with us today. Um, you know, I have been blessed and fortunate enough to know her for, I think it's been almost five years, believe it or not. I, that sounds crazy to me, but she is just um, all of the things. She's just such an incredible leader, such an incredible woman, such an incredible role model. Uh, she inspires oh. the masses. She just fills the room with energy. You always feel better after talking to her or hearing from her or listening to her speak. Um, she is just a true encourager. She's a tough cookie. She loves hard, too. Uh, but just the one and only Elsie Fedor. I am so excited to have you with us tonight. Well, thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I think this is like my first podcast ever. Well, I'm happy to uh, be the kickoff for that for you. I'm sure there will be plenty more in the future. Um, I'm super excited. Thank you for having me. Of course. Before we get started, though, I did just want to add a little side note that I got from your lovely daughter um, Mm -hmm. that she wanted me to share uh, before we got started. And that was... Elsie Theodore, uh, we call her Coach Mama Bear. Her mm-hmm. mother is the mother bear to all. She's the epitome <laughs> of resilience, compassion, and love. And it's been an honor to share her with others in that way. And Cynthia said that she's never had to look anywhere else for a tangible role model. And she is so excited to know that we're able to kind of get to share you tonight on the podcast. So I just wanted to put that uh, out there so that you heard that and knew that, but also so everybody else realized how special uh, this opportunity is going to be tonight. Oh, uh, thank you so much. Thanks, Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as we get started, like I said, we're just kind of having our own little conversation here. Um yeah. You know, I know a lot of your story. I've gotten to know a lot more about you, obviously, over the course of years and knowing you. But I'm really excited to have you tonight and have the opportunity um, to share your story a little bit because I think it's going to be very relevant and personal. But I think a lot of people are going to be able to kind of attest to, you know, the walk that you've had and the things that you've learned along the way. So I'm super stoked for people to get to hear your story. Um, And with that being said, what I wanted to start out by asking you was, you know, can you tell us a little bit about your background, uh, sure. maybe how you grew up, wherever you really want to start this story, and I'll kind of jump in wherever you think is best fit. <laughs> no problem. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I um, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, uh, by immigrant parents. I am the last of 10 children. Uh, first generation American, though, all of my other siblings were born um, uh, back home in the Caribbean. My parents are from Haiti originally. Um, so I grew up uh, speaking first. Uh, the first language I spoke was Creole. And um, it was it was a hard going in, with school because yeah, kids used to make fun of me um, with the way I spoke English because I would say things like open the light instead instead of turn on the light or broom the floor instead of sweep the floor because uh, I was literally translating the, the English. But the English, yeah. And uh, so I, you know, I got picked on a lot for, for the way I spoke. However, um, it just it just made me work really hard um, with English and making sure that I spoke well and I wrote well. And and because of that, um, a lot of my 
uh, teachers took notice and uh, they encouraged me to continue to write. So I started writing poetry. Um, I did publish uh, two poems uh, years ago. And, um, and then I, and then I went into a field of journalism. So yeah, that's kind of how it started. Um, my, my parents, uh, you know, after nine kids, you know, you get a little tired. So (laughs) (laughs) it comes along and I was, uh, one of the, you know, most vocal out of all of my siblings, I think the most vocal, um, I was very, uh, independent, uh, and uh, my parents didn't really worry about me too much. You know, they, they they didn't worry too much about me. They just they always thought that I would be able to, you know, handle my own, you know, and um, and ha- just handle things. So so that's how I grew up. I grew up in uh, very, very humble, humble beginnings. My 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 father was a, a head head custodian at a university in Brooklyn. Uh, my mom, uh, mostly a stay at home mom, but she did take some side jobs, cleaning homes, um, uh, you know, early in the morning, she'd be at work at six in the morning and be home by, you know, by the time we got home from school, uh, she would make dinner and all of that, but she would be out of the house really, really early in the morning, maybe like two or three days a week. Uh, but she was mostly, mostly a a homemaker. Oh my goodness. And to have nine siblings, I just can imagine (laughs) what the chaos of what that dynamic probably looked like for your family. Yeah. Um, yeah, interestingly enough, my my um when I was born, I there was only like two other siblings in the home because they were all older. So mm-hmm. most of them were already out of the house, which was good. What? For me. Yeah. What was the age gap between the eldest and you? Uh my uh 30 years. About okay. 35 years. Yeah. Gotcha. Big huge gap. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, my, I totally get older- you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's, but it was, it was great. It was great to have, um, sisters and, and I have three brothers, but mostly sisters. Mm -hmm. It was, it was great to have a huge family. That's awesome. And something that I definitely just picked up on, and I don't even know if you were even meaning to say it the way that you said it was, um, something that you really struggled with, you know, growing up or as a first generation here in America was, you know, the proper English, like you were saying, um, But what's so interesting to me, like looking back and now that you just actually said that out loud, it's very funny to me that God took the very same thing that you, quote unquote, struggled with and turned that into something that became your professional field later down the road. Absolutely. Very ironic. That uh, (laughs) that just speaks a lot to, you know, what he's got going on and how he's always got the bigger game plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, Yeah, it, it was. It was something that, um, you know, what's crazy because I, I absolutely loved writing and I loved writing short stories, even when my English wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, God, God is the ultimate um, deci- decision maker. Right. And, you know, he decided the path for my life. And uh, that's that's the first route that I took. And it was a great career at that time. Sure. That's awesome. And uh, it's funny because I know we're going to kind of dive further into where you're at now and kind of all the things that happen along the way. But it's just very cool to me to kind of hear you just say that and also see that, you know, you went from that to, you know, your journalism field, but then you turn around and doing what you're doing now and the way that you speak to and empower and lead and just speak over people. Mm -hmm. It's incredible to me that that's kind of the story behind how you got to where you are, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, for some young girl who couldn't speak English very well. It's, it's interesting. Right. 
Yeah. And uh, for those of you who haven't heard her speak, I know some of you on here definitely know um, or have had the opportunity to, but this lady just like lights the stage up. You always leave feeling so much more encouraged and your cup is just filled with every ounce that she says. She brings the heat. She brings the energy. Uh, So like I said, it's really special for me to kind of just hear the way that she described, you know, her upbringing in that story and to just see her where she's at now. It's just what a transformation and what uh, work God has really done over you and the things that he's proclaimed over your life. Absolutely. Amen to that for sure. So diving a little bit further in, you know, you decide on journalism as the professional career. That's the yeah. route we're kind of taking. We're in yeah. Brooklyn yeah. Um, and we become a mom. And yeah. from what we've talked about, we've become a mom at a very young age. And for the yeah. record, Miss Elsie did say that I can talk about this. So this has been consented to, but I want you to talk a little bit about, um, what it was like being a mom at such a young age or, you know, kind of whatever you want to speak to on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Thank you for, for bringing that up because, um, for a very, very long time, it was something that was extremely shameful, like to me, for me, um, very difficult to talk about. Um, and because it's, you know, it's something that it's, like a stigma, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, no, there's definitely it's frowned upon, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, there's no, you know, a lot of, oftentimes there's no positive ending to it. Right. right. So yeah, I became a mom. I, I got pregnant at 15. Uh, I gave birth at 16 and um, it's crazy because it, that time during that time, during that, even my German pregnancy, it was a blur to me. Like if I think back, there's certain moments I remember, but it's really a blur to me. But what um, I clearly remember uh, was when they, when I did give birth, um, uh, I didn't immediately get to hold my daughter that, that night. Um, mm-hmm. But um, uh, cause they had to give me some medicine, but later on that morning, I was able to, to, to hold her. And I remember they had swaddled her up and they gave her to me and I like unswaddled her. <laughs> I, I, mm-hmm. I took everything off of her. She had little booties on, took her boots off. She, she had a hat on, took her hat off. She had these little gloves over her hand. I took, she was a butt naked uh, on me. And I just looked at her and I'm like, I'm responsible for this little thing now. And my life changed. Mm-hmm. My life changed. Uh, I was 16 and a mother. Um, and to, to, to add this is, and, and I'm, from a West Indian background, you know, Caribbean mm-hmm. family, again, humble. And they were very, very disappointed. Um, it was the, the hardest thing to tell my parents that I was p- pregnant, especially my dad, because my dad was um, was literally on his deathbed at that time. He, was, he had been diagnosed mm-hmm. with cancer um, and uh, he, we didn't know how much, time we had with my father and um and I just remember because my my dad and I are very very close just like your dad and you right yeah Uh, my my dad and I were so 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 close and um I just remember how disappointed he cried and he was so he just felt like I was going to be the 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 one in the family that was going to take over he just thought this was like a death sentence to me in my life right Mm -hmm. and um and uh but I just, I don't know what it was. I just knew that I had to make it work. I just knew I had to fight. I knew I had to 
to work really hard. Um, I graduated from high school uh, on time. Um, I'd like to always share this story and I want to be able to give her a shout out because I don't think I've, I mean, I've told people this story, but not in a public forum like this. Mm-hmm. Um, very, 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 very best friend, Yolonis Tinge. She, um, uh, when I was right before I gave birth, I was home for two months before I, I gave birth and I was out literally out of school for a whole semester. So um, if I had not done my work or anything, I would have been left back up, you know, in high school and I wouldn't have been able to graduate, so on and so forth. So this young woman, this best friend, to this day, she's still my friend, 40 something plus years later, she went to all of my classes, got all my homework and brought it to all of my, to, to me every day and picked wow. up my every day and went to all my teachers and dropped it off every single day she did that for months months and months and I passed all of my classes um enough to go to the next semester uh except for gym so I took gym in summer school or something like that uh, and I was able to graduate was able, able to graduate on time uh they wanted my the school that I was attending at the time they wanted to kick me out of the school mm-hmm. uh, and put me in a mother school, like a teenage mother school. Yeah. But did not want to go to that school. <laughs> I was pretty headstrong. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when I say I, I don't want to do something, or I don't want to do it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And, uh, and they, yeah, they did not. They wanted me out of the school. And I and I said, no, I'm not leaving. And uh, I stayed. Not only did I graduate on time, but I graduated with two full scholarships. And I also graduated the um, uh, school body president. Um, and yeah, when, and when I gave my speech, I had my daughter on my hip on the stage. <laughs> uh, I love it. I yeah. love it. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, goodness. so yeah, so I defied those odds because a lot of my teachers, believe it or not, a lot of my teachers did not, um, believe in me. They, they gave up yeah. on me except for one teacher, mm-hmm. one teacher, Mr. Jack Cohen, uh, Mr. Jack Cohen to this day. I absolutely love that man. He encouraged me so much. And he, um, yeah, he, uh, uh, he said, keep flying, keep, keep pushing. Um, he even got me a job um, mm-hmm. at the United Nations. Uh, I was the, you know, when all the high school kids were working at Burger King. Yeah, uh-huh. I, had a, I had a corporate job at the United Nations. I uh, make dollars an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was, I never had to get on food stamps. I was never on WIC or any of those mm-hmm. uh, government assistance for my child, for my daughter. And uh, so I, I, I worked to take care of her and that was, that was my life. Wow. So after you graduated high school, what happened from there? Yeah. So I got into, uh, I got a, a full ride to Marymount Manhattan college. Um, that was a small school in, uh, in the city in Manhattan. And I went for about, uh, I went for about a year to two, two, two semesters. And at the time, I was getting mentored by a gentleman by the name of George Curry. He's um, he's uh, he's deceased now. He was the uh, the Chicago Tribune. Um, uh, he was the New York bureau chief for the Chicago Tribune. He was based in New York, and uh, he was one of my mentors. Uh, and I was pursuing a journalism career, so I you know got a mentor, and he was one of them. And he said to me, he says, "If you really want to get a, an amazing." career, you know, out of college, you need to leave Marymount and you need to go to Washington, D.C. and attend Howard University. Mm-hmm. And I said, huh? <laughs> how am I supposed to do that when I have a kid at home? And, right. you know, um, how am I supposed to go to another city and go to Howard University? And he said, that's where you need to be if you want to, to, to make it big in journalism. 
So, um, so I did, I applied, got in and I did all the work that I could in order in uh, like research and, and found a place for me to live and did all this stuff for, for my daughter and myself to move. And my, and I told my parents and my mom was so devastated. She did not want me to leave. Um, but she more importantly did not want my daughter to leave. <laughs> she, at the end of the day, she was like, okay, you can go, but leave, leave the baby. Right. Right. <laughs> so, um, but so, so I spoke with them, um, and they, uh, we, we left, I left my daughter It was the most difficult thing I think I've ever done in my life to leave her behind with my parents while I went to complete my college career, my college, you know, my education. And I would come home every other weekend and uh, I did miss her losing her first tooth. Uh, I missed a lot of different milestones, but I just knew that there was a bigger purpose for me um, going, to, going to school and get an education. Um, and, uh, and to this day, I don't regret that decision. Wow. Mm -hmm. So after you graduate, you end up back in the city, right? From Howard. Yes, I left school, uh, graduated, came back home, um, and, you know, just job searching, right? Just start looking for work. I said, I need to find a job by by at least August. <laughs> you know, I graduated in May. I got to find a, a job by August. I found a job, uh, and I started August 3rd um, and started working for uh, the Wall Street Journal, um, Dow Jones Newswire is in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, I had applied for a reporting assistant position at that time. And uh, Jim Murphy, will never forget him. Uh, may he, he rest in peace. He's also gone. He, um, he said, uh, you know, he called me. And he said, um, you know, I have good news and bad news. And, and I said, okay, what's the, what's, the, what's the bad news? He says, I can't offer you the reporting assistant position. I said, okay, what's the good news? He says, I can offer you. Uh, a copy editor position and I'm like okay he says yeah it pays more <laughs> I said okay I'll, I'll take it you know I'll take it so um I started he said he said to me because in order for you to, to to work for Dow Jones or the or the Wall Street Journal you have to take an eight hour grueling um, writing and editing test mm -hmm. and I took it and he said you scored you scored one of the best in, in my career so he wow. wanted to start me at a higher um, position than what I was had applied for. So yeah, that's how wow. I started my journalism career. And, you know, I kind of bounced between Dow Jones um, and different positions in, at, uh, at Dow Jones um, to uh, CNN. I worked for CNN for, for several years. Um, and I um, uh, then I ended up in this another newswire service called Bridge News, where I was the main banking editor uh, I was the youngest person there. Um, I was the only editor for the, those six reporters, and all of the reporters were older than me. Oh and uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was a challenge, but they eventually fell in love with me. <laughs> uh, but uh, and I'm still friends to, with them to this day. And um, but yeah, it was it was a great it was a great ride. That's wow. Um, so because you're in the city and you're kind of living your best city life, quote unquote, you know something that transpired you know back this past september um was the 20-year anniversary of 9-11 as i'm sure you are aware right. um, and that's obviously a tragedy that struck our nation and it's wild to me to think that it was you know 20 years ago um i was 
only two at the time, believe it or not. Um, However, something I do know about you is that that is a really significant day for you um, and your family and your life. And I was wondering if you could maybe share a little bit about that with us. Sure. Um, So uh, I had uh, left uh, Dow Jones uh, to work with Bridge News. Bridge News was um, based in the... uh, the American Express building uh, right across the street from the World Trade Center. Uh, the act, the uh, that bridge that connected the two buildings. Uh, if you ever, if you ever seen pictures, it's mm-hmm. the building, um, the other, the other building. It's the darker yeah. building, time, right? That's um, that's the American Express building. That's the building that I worked in, and um, you know, every morning, like every any other morning, I would, you know, just go to work. The the weekend that the previous weekend, I was not feeling too well, so I had called out sick on Monday. Um, still wasn't feeling great, um, but I did not want to call out again. So I, I called my editors. I said I'm coming in, but I'm gonna be late because I was kind of mm-hmm. like dragging myself. Yeah. So that morning, um, that morning, uh, unlike every morning, I was you know, I took my daughter to school. I never, my daughter always had someone else take her to school, one of the parents or another parent. So, um, cause I had crazy hours, but that morning I was able to take her to school myself, dropped her off. And I, I got even more late cause I couldn't find a parking spot, um, <laughs> by the subway. I mean, I was like, Oh my God, it was just absolutely no places to park where that wasn't usually an issue. Um, so I was even later than normal and I would usually be at my desk by between 7.45 and 8 in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. And I did not get to, to you know, the city uh, until about, you know, right around the time the, the, the first plane hit. Um, that morning, because I wasn't feeling too well, I decided that I was not going to go through the building, through the World Trade Center and cross mm-hmm. over the bridge. I would walk outside and cross the street um, and if anybody knows anything about New York, the West Side Highway is a highway. It's four mm-hmm. lanes on one side, four lanes on the other side, and it's very dangerous to cross. That's why they have that br- that crosswalk bridge between the two buildings. But I wanted some soup. I wasn't feeling well. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get some soup. I wanted to go to Oboe Pen, which is right across the street. So I was walking toward there. And um, and I that was it. I never went back to to the job that day because the first plane hit overhead. And, um, and what we know is 9-11 began. Transpired. Mm-hmm. Wow. When yeah. that happened, where did you mm-hmm. go? Like, what was your, reaction? I was, I was, um, I was standing on the center median of the West side highway, um, crossing the street and, you know, again, just being in a fog, not feeling well, having a mm-hmm. stuffy nose. I heard no a noise and mm-hmm. I looked up and um and just the noise kept getting louder and louder and louder I just noticed there was a plane I was like wow that plane looks really close you know just not right. paying attention that plane looks really close and then kind of we there was a gentleman to my right a, 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 a lady to my to my um left and we both well, the, all three of us kind of like looked up looked at the plane and kind of followed it Mm-hmm. And we both, you know, all of us just saw it go into the, into the, into the building and just shocked it. Just, we, we were just shocked. We couldn't, right. I couldn't move. Um, and the gentleman and God bless his, 
bless him to this day I don't know who he who he is mm-hmm. he he grabbed my collar like my coat I had mm-hmm. a jacket he grabbed me and drugged me across four lanes of highway on mm-hmm. one side and then on the other side all the way to the front of the oval pen that I was wanting to go to and mm-hmm. the lady grabbed my hand and we she he literally drug us like from mm-hmm. one corner to the next and um we were just <laughs> in front of the the, the oval paint just standing there just in awe just thinking oh my god what a horrible accident until mm-hmm. we heard the next plane a few minutes later yeah and that's when we knew, that's when we knew we were under attack and everything in me you know because if if uh, if I was going to go home I would have had to go past the World Trade Center uh-huh. to, to go home to get on the subway to go home but Everything in me and my spirit and my gut told me to walk north. So I, so before I started walking, we were just milling around. And there were so many stories that we, that I heard that day that there was a plane that fell in the Hudson, a plane that hit the White House, a plane that hit mm-hmm. the Pentagon, which was true, another plane that hit in Pennsylvania. And I mean, there were plane crashes mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, and um, so we were all just moping, like people were just moping yeah people were crying and um and then we just then the building started rumbling (laughs) and they came tumbling down and that was that was devastating to see were you right there when it happened no i was a little ways away because i started walking um uh thank god um but but i i i went i dropped to my knees yeah I dropped to my knees because all I kept thinking about was when I was walking north, the firefighters were heading toward this building. Right. You know, the EMS personnel were, they were heading toward this building Mm -hmm. and everybody down there is gone. That's all I kept thinking. Right. They're all gone. God rests each and every one of those souls and each and yeah. every one of those families that has been impacted by that tragedy. And still 20 mm-hmm. years later, we continue yeah. to remember them and everything that happened that day. Yeah. Uh, but what a huge piece of your testimony and your story mm-hmm. um, does that single day of your life play? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, honestly, if you hadn't been sick, you know what I mean? Or if yeah. you hadn't taken Cynthia to school or if you hadn't wanted to get the soup um, yep. that could have been uh, that could have ended a thousand different ways Absolutely. Um, and Absolutely. looking at it from the outside perspective obviously that's a very uh, traumatic and significant event that you'll never be able to forget we know that um, but wow how God had his hand on you that day yep. um, and wow <laughs> just wow I'm in like, general I know I know I, I you know after whew, like major just work on myself, praying mm-hmm. to God, seeing some, you know, seeking some help because it was very traumatic. Yeah. Um, being, uh, seeing people um, jump out of the windows and mm-hmm. and bodies falling all over the place, it was very difficult. And um, you know, I just I just knew that God wasn't done with me. I was like, okay, it's a lesson here. Uh, he's, you're not done with me. Okay, I've got more yeah. work to do. Yeah. yeah. Amen mm-hmm. to that. Um, I so appreciate you having the vulnerability to share both of those stories. Um, That really means a lot. Um, So with that being said, you know, that happens at that point, we're still doing journalism and everything. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me about the transition. And obviously I'm speaking, but I want you to tell me the story um, as if I didn't know it. You know, what was your transition, you know, from journalism to what you're doing now? And what did that kind of bridge look like? And how did that play a piece with you being a single mom? Like kind of walk us through that. Right, right. Um, well, I had, um, I my, my dream job, honestly, was to be a White House correspondent. And my, my mission was to eventually head back to the Washington, D.C. area, um, whether it's through a job transfer or just get a new job. Uh, I was um, grateful to uh, and blessed to get a job transfer with, with the journal. So I moved to um, D.C. with Dow Jones. And I worked there because I wanted to be able to be in D.C. because I wanted to, to, you know, get a get a gig just to cover the White House. Yeah. And um, but even prior to that, prior to September 11, um, I had always was always curious about wealthy people and how they got what they got and Hmm. how they they were able to attain wealth and not struggle with money because there was always a struggle with me and and in my household um, coming up. My parents were very, very hard workers, but they, um, they, they couldn't live lavishly. They didn't own anything. Uh, My father owned, you know, older cars, but nothing of true, true value. Uh, Again, great people with great integrity and they passed on major, major attributes to us. But when it came to money it, that we didn't have any. Uh, so I was always curious to see why others did and we didn't. Um, and I, so I just started, you know, just being a mom and, and, and raising my daughter. Um, I realized that I needed some help in that area and I sought help very, very early. Um, got some, uh, you know, got life insurance. I was 19 when I got my first policy. Uh, I was 19 when I started investing, um, and I remember running home to tell my mom this is what I did, and she almost had a she, she almost had a heart attack. She was like, mm-hmm. "You can lose your money; <laughs> they're yeah. ripping you off." But I knew that it was it felt right, um, so I continued, and it was because of that I was able to send my daughter to college totally debt free. So, mm-hmm. um, so I knew I was doing the right thing, but I didn't know until later on, right? So I, um, I just started, um, yes, again, just living my life and my daughter just started doing certain things. She was, she, she wanted to, you know, to, to, uh, go into dance school. And, um, when she was a little older, she was playing tennis. Uh, and I wanted to be able to pay for those things without having to struggle. And I didn't want to say no, I didn't want to not give her those opportunities. Mm-hmm. So I started looking for ways to, uh, expand my income. I wanted to, um, I was, I was going to go to Macy's. I was going to start working at Macy's. Um, and I also looked into real estate. Um, but I was going to work, uh, at Macy's, um, the week before, well, the, yeah, the, the, so I was supposed to work for Macy's like on a Tuesday and mm-hmm. a relative of mine called me, uh, about Primerica on, on a Friday or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she came over and showed me the 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 business and she showed me the opportunity and I, and I had already been a client of Primerica I already knew about Primerica but I didn't know I could work for Primerica so she's she was like do you want to you know work part time I was like yeah I can make money here <laughs> you know and right. uh, 
like, yeah. So I joined that day um, and I signed right at my kitchen table. And, um, and I can tell you it's, it's, it's been a ride. It was, it was great. What's interesting was that I joined just to make an extra few bucks, but I was still gunning for my career. I was still, that it'd be like that white house correspondent, you know, the, the, the being a broker and regional vice president, financial advisor and all those things that comes with it. That was for other people. That wasn't me. That was, I'm just here just for a part-time, part-time gig, but oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. God again has, uh, you know, surprised me and, and done, done very well in surprising me, but it was, it's just been a great ride. I decided that this is where I wanted to plant my flag. So when my daughter graduated from college, I, I quit my job and I decided this is what I wanted to do. Yep. Wow. Um, something that just, I just kind of want to interject on if you could give me one word that describes the ride or the story just as a whole that you just shared, what would you give me? One word that would describe describes your life, my life, overcomer. Over. See the whole time you were just kind of telling me that story. And obviously, like I said, you know, I brought you on this podcast for a reason. There was a thought behind it. And I know a lot of this story, um, but something that was really just speaking to me, um, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but is Isaiah 61 and the phrase beauty from ashes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the whole time you were just telling me that story and sharing that story with everyone, all I could think about was that verse, you know, beauty from ashes, because you start out by telling us of your, you know, your humble beginnings and the struggles you had as a first generation, you know, immigrant to this fam or to this nation to the struggles of becoming a single mom, to being a 9-11 survivor, to balancing and juggling uh, your journalism career with being a single mom and being a young mom and all of the relocations and coordination and everything that had to come along with all of those things to happen. Uh, to God beaming and saying, hey, you know what, this may be what you want, but this isn't what I have for you. And right trusting in him enough to take that leap of faith and just to see where your life is now is utterly blowing me away. And like I said, I knew this story, so I shouldn't be surprised, but just to hear you say it and speak it the way that you just did is like blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's, um, it has been a ride. It's, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't think about what I did in the past until somebody asks me to talk about it. You know? <laughs> It's just, it's just my life. And, uh, and, and when there's a, uh, a hurdle, I, and I leap over it because what am I going to do? I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow anything or anyone to prevent me from moving forward in the things that I have to accomplish. I have too many people counting on me, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, to, to make this, to make this right, to make this grand, to make this wonderful, right? So I have way too many people counting me from from my family members to my friends, to my clients, to my teammates. Uh, way too many people to, that are counting on me. So uh, I just fight. I fight because I think it's it's worth it. It's just it's just in me. It's just who I am. Yeah, and it just 
it speaks a lot to the fact that you spoke to um, just a few minutes ago. You've done a lot of work on yourself. And one of the things that really uh, resonates with me is, you know, you, you were just basically saying the mental toughness, the bouncing back piece, the not being phased by the inconveniences of life or when things don't go your way. Um, mm-hmm. Because, like, even if we go back to your 9-11 testimony, you had a lot of minor inconveniences that day that ended up being a part of the grander plan. Right. Um, and I think that could resonate with a lot of people because I think sometimes people get so caught in the, you know, junk that's going on on a day to day basis or the minor inconveniences or the things that just piss you off, right. for a lack of a better word. Um, right. Sometimes we don't stop and reflect and realize that, you know, all of those minor things or all of those reroutings or all of those things Absolutely. that may not have gone according to plan are ultimately part of the bigger plan. Absolutely. Uh, and I think your whole story just really spoke to that as a whole. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, you know, um, you might be going, you know, driving down the road and, you know, three or four cars gets gets to hit the red, the, the green light and then the red light hits on your car, right? And yeah. You're like, wait a minute. Like, yeah. you might be like, I'm late <laughs> for this and the third, but you don't know what's up ahead. You don't know. Right. You avoided a, a, a collision or something you know whatever it is um we just have to be still we mm-hmm. have to learn to be still um sometimes um I think that God speaks to each and every one of us I think because we are so boggled down by the noise of our lives mm-hmm. that we don't pay attention to his voice yeah and we need to learn to really be still and, and be and, and and when we do hear his voice be very obedient to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing that um, will, will save us. Yeah. Will save us, will, will save us from us. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Just from, just from all things, um, kind of like you were just saying, you know, it speaks a lot to like the minor inconveniences of life and the way that God can reroute your life, but also just in the ways that you just said, if you submit your life to him and lay it all down to him, wow, what he, like what bondage and what breakage he can take and turn into something, you know, for his glory. And that's going to glorify his kingdom and just share the love of God and the love of Jesus, you know, with all of those who encounter you, you know, you're somebody that I draw a lot of inspiration from. You're one of my role models, you know that, Um, but you're also somebody that it's very easy to see the light of Jesus and the light of God in, and people feel better about themselves after they speak to you and they feel his presence and they feel his love. And you're, you have a very uh, distinct capability of being able to speak things over people and empower people and love on people, even if it's tough love sometimes, um, and just make people feel good about themselves. And it just, the phrase that kind of comes to mind for me when I think of you as a person is dynamic creator um, and not like creator in a God sense, but you create a lot of things, you know, you create um, passion and hope and you know a better future for people you create incredible family I mean your daughter is one of my best friends um and we are closer than close and I'm so grateful and thankful for everything that you endured so that you know speaking now however many years later that she's you know a part of my life if you hadn't done any of those things then we wouldn't have the friendship that we'd have you know I wouldn't be blessed with you guys in my life um but you know you're a creator of an incredible family and just friendships all around whether that's in business or just day-to-day life um, you create beauty um, in all things that you do. And I know you definitely are a creator in homes um, in what you do in your professional life and the way that you serve and uh, lead families towards financial independence. But 
just as a person, as a whole, um, you have a very home feeling, if that makes any sense. Um, and I know that God just has such incredible, he already has, he's shown that, uh, Mm -hmm. plans for your life, but wow, I can't wait to see what the next 25, what the next 30, what the next 40 years brings and how he continues to write your story and the way that you're going to impact and serve and love on people, uh, by his grace and, you know, and through his will. Oh man. Wow. That's, that's so, that's so amazing that you say that. I'm just, I'm so humbled by what you just said. (laughs) Because I, I, I don't, you know, you just don't see yourself in that light, you know? No, um, and you never do I, until somebody calls it out on you. But in the I same know, way that you call out the beautiful things in other people, I want you to know that those are the things that we see in you. I know. And it's, it's so, it's so great to say, I'm just, I'm just being me. And I always want to um, honor God and who, and how I act and what I say and how I treat people, especially how I treat people, mm-hmm. you know? I was at the uh, leadership school in September and this gentleman came up to me and he said, you made me quit my job. And I said, what? I said, I don't even know you. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who you are. He says, no, the last time I, we were at a meeting, I heard you speak and you moved me to make a decision that has changed my life for the better. And I absolutely appreciate you. And I'm like, well, I was, I was speechless. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that, again, if I can inspire people, I'm blessed. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. But but so thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. I appreciate um, the acknowledgement in that. Um, so yeah, but I'm very, very humbled by it too. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're definitely somebody who, um, in at least in my headspace and what I know you and the capacity to I know you, you know, you're somebody who definitely gives hope to the hopeless. And I don't mean that in just the sense of like, well, actually, I do mean that in the sense of what we do for work and the way that you serve and help families. Um, But I also mean that from like a leadership perspective, from a friend perspective, from, you know, a woman in prime America perspective, from all of the different hats that you wear. It's not just a singular, you know, attribute that you wear on a certain day or at a certain time. It's just kind of a, it's something that you symbolize or something that you embolize and it's you bring hope. Um, but you also are very good at calling out the gold in others. I know your daughter gets that from you too. I told her that this week. Um, but you're also awesome about really just building people up, but also making people aware of, you know, the promises that God has laid before them and the purpose that he has for their life. You're somebody who's so, so good. And I can't even count how many times you've done it for me about calling that out in people mm-hmm. and just calling out the things that, you know, people should be reminded of, but may not be reminded of kind of like you were just saying, yeah. um, but you're one of those people for me. And I know you're one of those people for so many other people, you know, the legacy wealth builders and legacy wealth builders yeah. too. Right. Uh, they know that they are well aware of their leader and their mama bear, but I just know outside of the world, outside of, you know, you and I and our friendship and our relationship, you speak that and those things over so many other people. Uh, and we are so blessed and fortunate to have you in our lives. And like I said, you don't really know it until you hear it, but I want, to be intentional about sharing that with you because that's the reason I brought you on this podcast tonight. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you of so much. Of so if you don't mind, yeah, what sure. I am going to do is kind of switch gears a little bit. Sure. Um, and what I want to ask you, and I know we've kind of been, you've been laying out the golden nuggets all night. So anybody who listens to this is going to pull a lot of incredible things from it. And it's in the exact way that I hope they would when I asked you to come on. But one of the things that I want to ask you is if you could pick just one thing Mm -hmm. or like one moment or however you want to best describe it, what would be the best piece of advice that you could offer to somebody? Mm, 
Oh gosh, just I know one. that's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> just one. Oh my god, there's so many. Um and it could be for anything, whether that's business, life, whatever you however you want to decide. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. I don't want to sound like really cliche, but um there's just so much. There's so yeah. many little pieces of um how about your top two? I would of course to never ever 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 give up right never give up and to be to be true and 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 honest with self mm-hmm. to be true and honest with yourself be true to yourself yeah right and being true to yourself takes a lot of different facets right being true to yourself is taking care of yourself mind body right mm-hmm. um just just don't give up mm-hmm. like, there's just too much to fight for right, right? Don't give up. don't give and up and I think that that's a really important reminder because like you said it might sound cliche but in the grand scheme of things you know even just through the story that you just told you know life is gonna get rough mm-hmm. and life is gonna get tough uh but it's all about your bounce back factor. And it's all about the mental toughness and the clarity that you can have and the discipline that you can have with yourself. And for, and I'm speaking like to everybody, not you obviously, but to also make a decision that despite whatever you encounter, whatever challenges you face, whatever obstacles you have to overcome, that you're never going to give up because at the end of the day, what wins the game is your perseverance and your ability to never give up. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the fight. It's the fight. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Life isn't easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it isn't easy, but but man, it's definitely worth living. It's worth yeah. living. You know, absolutely worth living. And uh, you know, spending time with your loved ones and 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 making sure that you spend time with the right people and you find yourself with the right people. That's yeah. really, really important too, for sure. It's so funny that you brought that up because Cynthia and I were talking about that this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it just as a segue, kind of a side note, the intentionality behind, you know, how you spend your time and the people that you spend your time with. And, you know, for me, something that I've always said is I always want to be a river and I never want to be a reservoir. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably like, what the heck does that mean? Maybe you were catching my drift, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but very simply, you know, all of the things that God blesses me with all of the incredible opportunities and the gifts and the the things that he's blessed over my life. Um, you know, I don't want those to stop with me. I don't want that to be a standing body of water, quote unquote. I want that to be free flowing and I want that to be abundant and I want that to flow to other people. Um, and in the same way, I think you are somebody who's so good at that, but you're also good people, um, to be that person, if that makes sense too. you know, you're that person on your own by yourself, completely fine. A hundred percent, but you're also very good at reminding other people that there's so much more to life than just, you know, yourself, you can create such a huge impact and you can serve so many people. Um, if that's a mindset shift that you're willing to make. Oh my God. Like what? Let me tell you something. It is, (laughs) it is the most, I just had a team meeting and, you know, just talking to them and we had an event and, you know, we had three or four people who spoke and I, and I was just telling them how proud I am of them. Right. Mm -hmm. 
and how amazing it's just for me to see. I'm so, I feel like I am their mother. And some of them are older than me, right? I'm like, I feel feel like such a proud person because, you know, you, you just gave, you gave somebody a little piece, just a little piece of, of you. Right. Yeah. And they ran with it because that's all yeah. they needed because they already they already had the goods. Right. Yeah. But they just need a little bit of push, a little bit, of a little bit of encouragement, uh, you know, a little bit of love. And yeah, it is the most fulfilling, fulfilling to me to help someone else. The I most fulfilling. I, I, wa- I want to help other people. And right. this is another thing, too. I always tell people whenever I meet some somebody like. Um, and they're shocked when I do this. I'm like, yeah, here's my cell phone number. And they're like, wow, I can call you? Really? I can call you? Right. I'm like, call me. Usually call me late. You know, maybe one or two people have called. They don't, yeah. Some people just don't call. I'm like, I'm genuinely wanting to call you. I want you right, to call right. You. Yeah. I remember you did that to me. That's so funny that you brought that up, actually, because I remember that moment for myself with you. Yeah, yeah. And I was cause... like, what the heck? This lady just gave me her phone number. And this is when I didn't really know you. Now I would right. ever. <laughs> without giving a phone call but I do remember that moment well you're one of my daughters (laughs) (laughs) you're stuck with me now Um, well I remember when you did do that and I don't even know if you remember when you did it but we were actually down um at home office we were at home office for our leadership school and it was kind of when um or at least I had the opportunity to get to know you a little bit more you knew my parents obviously and you guys had gone back and forth but it was just an intentional time where we got to spend some time together. And I remember when we're you were at Buisson um, Barn. Yes. Okay. 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 Yeah. I don't remember, the our, um, I remember that time we spent together there. It was wonderful. Yes. So it's just so funny that you said that because that exact situation happened to me. And I remember thinking like, holy crap, she just gave me, like, I don't know what to do with this, but she just gave me her <laughs> phone number. <laughs> but what, you know, intentionality behind the, you know, talk about service. Like you don't have to do that. And like, obviously I know that sounds cliche. Like you don't have to do that, but like you don't have to give people the time of the day, but you're somebody who actively makes the choice to make yourself available for people because you mm-hmm. actually have the intent of helping people better themselves and mm-hmm. do better and be better and grow to be better. Um, so that just speaks a lot to you and your character. And I'm really glad that you brought that up. Yeah. It, yeah. That's what I mean. I want, I want to, I want to be able to help people in the same way that others were help me. Just want to be back. It's just the right thing yeah. to do. Yeah. It really is the right thing to do. So if I were to ask you over the course of your life so far, what's the biggest, and I'm going to have to ask you for one. So you're going to have, might have to think about it for a second. What's the biggest lesson you've learned? What would you tell me? Oh, Mackenzie. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's late at night. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, um, the biggest lesson. And it might relate to your biggest piece of advice. They usually it, it, do. It, it really, it really does. Um, the biggest lesson. Hmm. <laughs> it does relate to the to the to what I just said earlier about just like knowing what you want. As clear as day, like it's clear to you what it what it looks like, what it feels like, what it smells like, what it tastes like, and you know, again, just fighting like hell for it. 
Um, the biggest lesson is just not living in the past, just you know, remembering the past as a as a reminder of what not to do, right? Or what to do, but yeah. mostly not to do because we've made lots of mistakes, right? <laughs> but um, but using it, using the past as a way to to really help other people grow and help mm-hmm. other people change through your own experiences, what you've yeah. been through, right? I can mentor, you know, um, young moms, teen moms, right? Mm-hmm. I have a lot of clients who are single parents, young mm-hmm. parents, um, and I'm guiding them through their financial life because somebody did that for me, right? you know? And, um, and for some reason, God has placed these people in my life one way or the other or another and um so it's just again being able to sankofa being able to pull back and bring forth and bring forward right and just bring up so just just giving back just giving back that's the life lesson give back give of yourself if you've got if you've gained anything in your life anything in your life any 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 growth it needs to be shared. Don't be mm-hmm. selfish. Yeah. yeah. Not to be selfish. No. And I definitely think like with that, taking the gifts and abilities and capabilities that God has blessed you with and you've been so fortunate to receive and just making sure that you're using them for, for good things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For the betterment of the kingdom, for the betterment of, of the people course. around you. Um, You know, I was talking to my dad last week and something I was talking about with him was, you know, I always want to leave a place or a person or conversation or thing, whatever the entity is Mm -hmm. uh, better than I found it. You know, I don't want people to feel like crap because they talk to me. You know, I don't want a situation or somebody to feel worse about themselves or whatever, because I was around or I was involved. You know, I am very intentional and diligent about the fact that I want to be somebody who not makes the situation better, but people feel better after speaking to me. You know, you can right. pour life into people or you can pour a lot of negative things into oh, people. Absolutely. absolutely. And unfortunately, we live in a world where there's a lot of negative stuff already happening. I don't think any of us need to actually do that uh, to ourselves. Absolutely. Um, so, no, I definitely agree with everything that you just said. And I think, you know, using the gifts that you had, just taking what God has given you, like your gifts, your capabilities, you know, the things that he's blessed you with, uh, the situations he's brought you through, um, the things he's made you and caused you to grow through, uh, the trials, the tribulations, all of it, and just bringing it full circle and saying, you know, here I am, and this is what I've been through, and this is what I've learned, and how can I take the gifts and things that God has given me and pair that with my past experiences, and how can I serve others with that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's everything that you just said. And that's everything that you as a person speak to, but you also live out day to day, because I think it's one thing to say, and it's one thing to speak it and claim it, but it's also another thing to be the person who exemplifies that and lives that out on a day-to-day, day-to-day basis. And you are that person. Yeah. I I do my best to be that person for sure. Yeah. Well, you definitely are that person (laughs) and you need to know that you are that person. Um, And I'm not going to keep you much longer. I'm going to wrap this up. But I just want to let you know um, from the bottom of my heart how excited I was that we were finally literally like three. It was like three or four months. I was laughing so hard looking at the calendar. Um, Yeah, because it's been one thing after the next. Literally. I know. We've like 
cross states and cross continents, I and we've know. been all over the place. And um, I but, sister during the process, yeah. It was a, it yeah, was a- no, it's been wild. So the fact that we're doing this at 11 o'clock at night on a Sunday night just okay. attests to how wild things have been. But you know what? We make it work when we need to make Absolutely. it work. Absolutely. Um, so I just want to say, you know, how appreciative I am that you took the time out of your day because I know you're a busy woman and I respect your time immensely um, to just sit down with me for a little while and just share your story. Because I knew that when I asked you to come on the podcast, you know, what I said to you is one of the things that I really look for um, you know, are not only people that I look up to or people that I um, draw inspiration from, but are also people that I know can share something of value or something that's tangible. Um, and you are one of those people and you delivered on that. And you are just, to me, from the bottom of my heart, such an incredible person and such an incredible leader and friend. And you are Mama Bear, whether you want to be or not for me. Um, I am your adopted daughter and you are stuck with me. But you are just... Um, very simply, like Cynthia said, you know, the appetite of resilience and strength um, and mental toughness and fortitude. And you are just such a strong woman, you know, as your own completely, but also just such an incredible role model when it comes to uh, business and being a mother and just all of the incredible things that you've done and have walked through. Um, you inspire the masses and we are so fortunate and blessed to know you. And I'm so grateful for you uh, each and every day. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me again. It's been uh, amazing. Thank you so much for uh, giving me the opportunity to share my story. Absolutely. I love you so much and I hope you have a great rest of your night and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, hon. Bye. Bye.